Hello, Silverliners, and welcome back to the table. The Lunch Ladies News Wrap is back, and we are serving up the biggest and best cloud headlines from the past week. Will we have dessert today? Only if you eat your whole dinner, and be sure not to eat too much. I'm Liz Coyne, Managing Editor here at Silver Linings, and I'm here with Executive Editor Diana Guberts, who, despite being a lunch lady, is really more of a baker. Who knew? What can I say? Lunch is my profession, but I guess bread is my passion. And actually, I am starving. So shall we get this meal going? Yes, absolutely. Let's start with our appetizer for this week, a bit of private 5G news out of Brazil with Telet Centurion, a provider of wireless communications and edge cloud solutions teamed with Nestle Brazil on successful proof-of-concept trial for private 5G for their factory automation. Specifically, the company was looking at how it might use 5G to connect to autonomous manufacturing robots and automated guiding vehicles at the Nestle plants. Let's hope the robots don't have a sweet tooth because we don't want them stealing all the snacks off the production line, do we? Nope, especially not the chocolate. So let's go ahead and get into the first meat of today's episode, Diana. There's a major update on the long-pending Broadcom VMware merger. The deal secured final approval from regulators in the UK, which sets the stage for the transaction to finally close at the end of October. Diana, do you think that this transaction is finally going to close? I guess it looks that way finally, but I think the bigger question is, what does it mean for VMware customers? That's something we at Silver Linings have been tracking for quite a while. I think it was Gartner had even told VMware customers to prepare off-ramps just in case. And that's because, Liz, Broadcom has a history of kind of buying and gutting companies, right? And people are afraid of what's going to happen to VMware. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just going to mean one less vendor in the space too. So I think that was one of the concerns of the UK regulators. So we'll have to see. October is only two months away. So stay tuned to Silver Liners readers and listeners and keep your eye on what happens with the acquisition there. Let's see, moving on, Diana. Is there a story you wanted to highlight? Yes, actually, I'm excited about this one. There was a piece I wrote earlier this week about how enhanced Ethernet is emerging as a replacement for InfiniBand in the data center. That sounds really nerdy, but bear with me, guys. Basically, InfiniBand is a proprietary connectivity technology from NVIDIA that was designed to support large-scale workloads in the data center, but... The problem with that is that there's vendor lock and hyperscalers aren't really keen on that. Plus, there's rising demand for massive workload support due to the rise of AI. So the likes of Cisco, DriveNets, and Arista are all pushing enhanced Ethernet solutions as the alternative of choice. Yeah, so I think it's really funny how we're really going. It's almost like we're going back to the future with Ethernet, isn't it? <laughs> right? I hear Ethernet and I think back to the Stone Age when... It was a line that I plugged into my laptop in college, right? Uh, Me too. Let's see what happens with enhanced Ethernet over the next couple months. And I know you had a great interview just actually yesterday with Texas A&M. So can you give me a little bit of insight into what you guys talked about? Yeah, for sure. So for anybody who doesn't know, Texas A&M is one of the largest universities in the U.S. They have something like eight campuses. They're really huge. And so what they have done is move from their legacy mainframe architecture, IBM mainframe, to the cloud. They're not using the public cloud 
at least not for their main backend applications. They are using a combination of software as a service from Workday for their HR and payroll, and then also some private cloud infrastructure from Nutanix with some Microsoft software for their financial systems. Basically, this whole effort started more than a decade ago in 2011 when they drew up the plan to do this. And I had a great chat with the deputy CIO of Texas A&M, Mark Schulz, about this. He really broke down for us how the process worked and then some of the challenges that they encountered along the way. Plus, he's got a fun tip for anybody who is attempting the same thing. So if you are interested in that, please be sure to read that article. Yeah, I think it wasn't just... Texas A&M that we talked to this week, we also checked out a couple stories Dan Jones wrote about a generative AI and whether or not there's an, a bubble that's about to burst. I don't know, Diana, what do you think about a generative AI bubble? Are, are we approaching maybe a thing point? Be. I think Dan spoke with Apple Door for that story. Yes. And it was really interesting Just the thought of a bubble, right? There was the housing bubble, there was the student loan bubble, and now there's the generative AI bubble. We just can't catch a break. It does seem, I don't know about a bubble, but it does certainly seem generative AI came out fast and furious. The hype is beyond even what 5G had back in the day. And so it'll be interesting to see how much staying power it really has, I think. We are really sky high on the hype curve at this point, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. And one more thing I want to talk about before we head into our dessert. Next week, you're heading to the Google Cloud Next event. What are you expecting to see there at the show, Diana? What are your predictions? I don't know if I have predictions per se, but I am, I can tell you that I do have a couple one-to-one interviews planned for some executives, including the new head of Google Cloud for Telco. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to have some interesting pieces coming on Silver Lining soon. Obviously, it's going to be the latest and greatest in Google Cloud developments. So you'll want to keep a close eye on the site to get all the developments from that next week. Mm -hmm. Okay, for sure. And we've also got a distributed cloud report coming in from Mitch Wagner, and another story on what are virtual CPUs from one of our writers as well. Exciting things happening next week on Silver Linings for sure. So let's leave the news there. And I think we all did pretty good on our dinners and we're ready for some dessert. So I think it's your turn this week, Diana. Over to you for your interesting, funny story. I've been working in the kitchen and I think I cooked up a good one. I didn't cook it up. I managed to dig it out of my memory. (laughs) That's probably a better way of putting it because we're going way back to ancient times when I was in elementary school, middle school, people call it different things. But back in the olden days, we had something called a spelling bee. And at my school to be in the spelling bee, you had to be in the top three in your class from tryouts. So every classroom did like tryouts with every student in the class and we held a mock spelling bee and the top three winners would get to be in the actual spelling bee. And I, listen, growing up, I was a nerd. Okay. (laughs) I read the dictionary. So when this whole spelling bee tryout thing happened in fifth grade, I was positive that I would be a shoe in. And so my turn came and my word was butterfly. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. I've got this. So I spelled it. I very confidently, just the biggest little kid confidence you can imagine. And so I went ahead and I said, B-U-T-F-L-Y, butterfly. 
<laughs> and I cannot stress enough, Liz, how confident I was that I got this right. And But then I was told that it was incorrect and I was out. Because I had not spelled butterfly, Liz. I spelled <laughs> buttfly. <laughs> I just, at the time, I was devastated. But looking back on it as an adult, it's hilarious. And I have no idea how my teacher didn't burst out laughing. Because, right. oh, man, uh, kudos to teachers. Right. My husband is a teacher. And I just, the things kids say, the things I said, I just can't <laughs> even... That's an awesome story for dessert, Diana. Thank you for taking the time to share that with us. You're most welcome. Happy to embarrass myself for you guys anytime. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We both are. And I'm glad your spelling has gotten better since then, Diana. All right, Silverliners, the time has come to end. Lunch, ladies, and let you out for recess. But before you go, don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter and subscribe to our newsletter. You can find us online at www.silverliningsinfo.com. We also have a free virtual event coming up on September 18th. It's called Telco Core Strategies. You can sign up for that on the website. And we are also preparing to roll out our first ever Cloud Innovation Awards in September. And we are excited to announce that we are having our first in-person event scheduled for December. It's called the Cloud Executive Summit and is being held in Sonoma, California. So check out the website for more info on that as well. And we'll see you next week for Lunch Ladies. This podcast is written and hosted by Elizabeth Coyne and Diana Gubertz. It is edited and produced by Matt Riffman. Thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs>